64,000 is the median number of words per book. Average person reads about 200 words per minute. Simple math will tell us that is one book in 320 minutes. To accomplish this in seven days, numbers say you would have to read for 45 minutes a day. Don't forget to subscribe. Hit that notification button, like, comment, and share. Enjoy. Hello, and happy day. How does slowing down sound to you today? Would you like to reduce the noise for just a bit? Are you ready to make a choice and decide to listen? My name is Igor, SF Walker. I'm here to remind people to slow down, to reduce the noise, to walk their lives into a natural flow. Welcome back to the Book of the Week series. Every week, as I read another amazing title, I share it with the world. Today, we look at a radical awakening. Turn pain into power. Embrace your truth. Live free by Dr. Shefali Sabari. In this video, we push against the status quo. We dare to go beyond how things are, to enter a new vision of ourselves. It begins by awakening us to our reality, how our biology shapes us, how our psychology molds us, and how our culture scares us until we lose ourselves. By understanding and embracing these three layers, we allow ourselves to break free. We look at the givers, the victim, the martyr, the savior, and the bleeding empath. We look at the controllers, the perfectionist, the helicopter, the tyrant, and the shield. And we look at the takers, the divas, the princesses, and the child. Stick around till the end. I will share with you some tools I haven't used that will help you tremendously in this game of life. Discover a way to find out what actually motivates you. What innate human need is driving all of your decisions and your behavior. I will share some tools to improve your self-awareness, social awareness, self-management, and relationship management. Soul erosion is a gradual process, a slow, creeping, chipping away of our inner being, resulting in the inevitable death of all we know to be our truest selves. It is a disease that begins in childhood and spreads contagiously, especially in women. Its symptoms include loss of power, authenticity, voice, and vision. Soul erosion is essentially an obliteration of our inner knowing. Each incident in which we suppress our inner truths, we engage in the erosion of our most precious treasure, our essence. After all, I had been creating this outer persona for decades. And it was now well honed, as it is with all of us. The death of who we originally are is replaced by a persona we commonly call the ego, our false self. Most of us grew up thinking as this of our true selves. Little do we realize that we are creating an entire life based on a false foundation that will have severe emotional consequences for years to come. There isn't a person I know who has escaped the replacement of their authentic self with a persona, the mask, behind which their true self 
lies largely dormant. This happens more so with little girls because of the overarching patriarchy we live under, where boys are allowed to just be boys. Our young girls, on the other hand, are trained to fit a rigid prescription early in life. Ego is a picture we carry of ourselves in our head, the way of seeing ourselves that meshes well with what our family and society expect of us, having developed slowly in response to our upbringing. It cleverly teaches us a way of functioning that soothes our everyday reality. As children, we were unable to self-advocate. Growing up, we had no option but to surrender to the conditioning we received, even if this meant a divorce from our essence. So great is our thirst to be seen and validated by our parents and our culture that we succumb to the ego's powerful and instinctive lure, slowly burning our authentic nature in process. The result is a false identity, which we now present to the world. We think it's who we are, but it's really only a facade we wear to ward off the fear that we are unworthy or unlovable. As long as fear eclipses the language of our soul, we continue to be the puppets to external forces. Under the tutelage of fear, our ego performs like an automaton, robotically reactive. We become a slave to fear in its many forms. Fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of ostracism, fear of loneliness, fear of unworthiness, fear of emotional or physical abuse. So conditioned are we to be afraid. We wear fear like second skin. So pervasive is fear in our life experiences, we often fail to fully appreciate just how ruled by it we are. Women are trained by culture to receive love through sacrificing themselves. Such self-sacrifice takes on a myriad of appearances when we allow toxicity to exist for the sake of peace. We are actually perpetuating war. There's no real peace when there is no authenticity. Lasting peace only emerges from an honest acceptance of oneself and one's life experiences. Imagine if women everywhere began to speak their authentic truth about how it really feels to be who they are including their fears and failures. Can you imagine the release of pressure we would feel? Typically, only excessive trauma can shake the ego off its axis. When this happens, we may hit rock bottom. The rock bottom, the real self, is forced to strip off its mask, often leaving the person feeling like a stranger to themselves. When we enter fear and its offspring silence, we move away from self-love. One of the hallmarks of self-love is the honor and free expression of our inner worlds without blame or shame. Constant suppression of our authentic voice creates a gnawing and a growing inner disconnect. Spiritual awakening. Am I ready to be true to myself 
and give myself the validation I so desperately sought from the others until now. This is the way of consciousness. It is akin to light bulbs getting turned on in an otherwise dark room. These words are your light bulbs as they turn on. You will begin to see what was previously in the shadows. Once the light is on, you cannot help but see. It is a natural outcome of your new consciousness. You are here. This is huge. No one loses themselves to another. They come to the other already lost. While it isn't something we are consciously aware of, most women are trained from early girlhood to crave the triple threat, the need for approval, validation, and praise. To value ourselves, love ourselves, and honor ourselves only if we are X, Y, or Z is the subconscious script we have been burdened with for too long. We treat ourselves as worthy only if certain criteria are met. We need to become someone or something, and only then can we achieve acceptance. We have been losing ourselves since we were before we were born through our ancestors, generation after generation. You may not identify yourself as lost, since lostness disguises itself in clever ways. It shows up in the following fear in expressing one's voice, inability to create healthy boundaries, apathy and withdrawal, irritable and impatient outbursts, lack of sexual desire giving up on one's goals, lack of self-care, aimless busyness, overwhelm and feeling torn, confusion and ambivalence, procrastination and self-sabotage, insecurity and self-doubt, ceaseless worry and anxiety, addiction to food and substance. In order to obtain the three valuable drugs of approval, validation and praise, we essentially shape-shift, morphing into whatever or whoever those around us wish us to be. We must get rid of the idea that there is a standard of goodness, banishing it completely. Minus such a standard, everything changes as we recognize that the idea or standard of a goodness is toxic. The notion that we are good enough only if X, Y, and Z are met is dysfunctional and it must be abandoned. When we believe such a lie, we try to fit the standard in order to feel valuable. We weigh ourselves constantly on an unremitting scale of bogus numbers and comparisons. The mandate to be inauthentic begins at birth. Our mothers tuck these cultural dictates around the cozy sheets of our cribs and place them in the batteries of the mobiles that hang over our heads. We never question them. We never thought we had to. We're so naive as young children that we blindly trust our elders. If they tell us to pray to a certain God and we watch them do so, we're going to do this as well. If they tell us that people are not to be trusted, then we're going to follow their belief. If they tell us that the brown skin is inferior and such people should leave our country, we're not only going to believe it and think in the same vein, we're going to actually believe we're being good children by attacking brown people. 
if we are thought that same-sex relationships are wrong, then we become homophobic. We marry society's vision of how to be. Any diversion from it causes inner turmoil. As children, we immediately pick up on when our parents give us a look of pride or disgust. We pick up their verbal and nonverbal cues intuitively. Reading them is like reading a map in the desert. It is our survival guide. As our ego comes to the floor, we do whatever it takes to get our parents to notice us. We become comedians or pleasers, angry rebels or obedient followers. We act out or act in. We passively follow or we aggressively detour. We fail and flounder, progress and regress, all in our desperate quest for love and worth. Thus begins the dance of inauthenticity. So what if we forsake our authentic self as long as we believe we are loved? It is much easier not to feel, which is where the ego helps us by forming a hard shell around our pain and challenging all our hurt energies and channeling them into a false persona. Looking in the mirror is the hardest thing in the world. No one wants to admit that they are the cause of their own misery. No one. It's just too painful. It is much easier to go about life innocent of our own contribution. Checking in on our sneaky ego is the key. This is why awareness is always the first step. Awareness of reality is always where we begin. We become present to our patterns. Our courage to go inward and our own wholeness automatically diffuses the power of the ego, allowing it to retreat. It is a terrifying prospect to change one's life. During these times, it is imperative to seek help and counsel. Having a community or even one trusted confidant is helpful in our process. We can, it can be hard to do it alone. And in order for us to call in support, we need to first be brave enough to ask for help. We need to let it be known that we are in need and open ourselves to depending on another. This takes courage. Let go of our mental vision of perfection and superhuman status and allow ourselves to enter the humility of being needy. Many of us struggle with this because we don't want to be a burden and because we are attached to our ideas around competency. Yet reaching out for help implies we are open to our interconnectedness and togetherness. The ego will not be dismantled until we begin walking towards wholeness. Our internal holes need to be replaced by a sense of wholeness, which is a feature of our authentic self. The task isn't to kill the ego, it is to heal the inner spaces where our true self failed to develop. Givers want to show the world how good they are, whereas controllers want to show the world how competent they are. A giver cannot bear to be seen as self-absorbed, and the control cannot bear to be seen as a failure. Both are ruled by a morbid, unconscious desire to answer their burning internal question, am I good enough? This is the question all ego archetypes ask themselves. Unlike the givers and controllers, takers operate out of a lack of self-governance. 
divorced from their internal power, they gloom unto others and extract their resources as their lifeline. Takers depend on others to do things for them and to provide emotional sustenance. The antidote to those who wear such tough exterior mask is to train them to begin to feel their feelings without intellectualizing them. The baby steps. We need to incorporate the heart as much as the mind. We need to use the words as I feel instead of I think. And we need to learn that feelings are not a threat or a weakness, just another form of communication. If anything, being able to show up with their feelings is a strength. As more of our inner world comes to light under the glare of consciousness, the more the ego fades. So the path to releasing the ego is to know our true self. This is where all the answers lie. Because beliefs vary between each individual or culture. Our reality is subjective. Otherwise, we would all endorse the same reality because it would be the only reality there is. The fact that everyone has their own take on reality is the clearest demonstration that all of it, all of it without any exception, emerges from the subjective reality of a person and their culture. Awakening enables us to realize that we have been prey within a system of greed, from the education system, the beauty industry, and the tech industry. We are sold products that calm our fears. The greater the number who subscribe to beliefs, the greater the chance it is fictitious. The masses, they like to conform. They're typically superficial, trite, and disconnected from their authentic voice. If you are a part of a mass group, you may find yourself willing to forego your inner voice to be part of the crowd. The moment you begin to sing your own tune, you stand out. <clears throat> the masses are filled with followers, not unique thinkers. An intentional tribe gathering or a community is the opposite. It seeks leaders and challenges each person to walk their own path, albeit within the sacred container of a large network. Love is the ultimate energy. It is the self fully actualized. Not everyone is ready to experience this kind of love. It is reserved for those who have done the work on releasing their ego, such that they're able to enter a space where they live unbound and untethered. It is only when the self has left its own self-absorption behind that this kind of love can enter one's consciousness. This, one, this kind of high love doesn't have to be returned or matched. It just loves for its own sake. It gives for free. The consciousness quotient. Discernment is the capacity to understand our own and another's quotient. One of the critical pieces of awareness that was lacking when I was growing up was the awareness of how different every single person's level of consciousness is. I presumed that just because we were all sentient and relatively intelligent, we were of similar consciousness. Oh, how wrong I was. It isn't true that everyone's heart is wide open, nor is it true that everyone is loving and compassionate. The key determinant 
is the person's consciousness quotient. What this measures in a nutshell is how much self-awareness a person possesses. Self-awareness is the key factor in a person's awakening. If the person isn't self-aware, they cannot really be expected to be in an intimate relationship with another. This self-awareness doesn't emerge in a void. It is something we cultivate on a daily basis. It is a reflection of how much inner work we have done. Once we understand this, we no longer expect the other to behave in a particular way, just because it's something we desire. We now understand that they may simply not be able to do so. If their consciousness quotient is low, how can we expect them to have the answers and awareness we seek? Discernment is different from judgment. Judgment is typically a mental belief that another is lesser than and ought to be different from who they are. Judgment is the scourge of humanity leading to war, violence, and death. It is the basis of white supremacy and all sorts of evils that are caused when humans believe only their ways are the right ways. Based on separation and fear, a judgment mode seeks to divide and conquer. Discernment doesn't look to dominate the other. It simply seeks a deeper understanding of the other's emotional and spiritual character. It realizes that each person is on their own journey. And there you have it, A Radical Awakening by Dr. Shafali Sabari. Please do help out. It is easy. Simply like this video so more people can enjoy it. Share it too and spread the word. Leave a comment and share your thoughts. Subscribe to my channel. Stay up to date. And the link to this book is in the description below. So buy it and read. Never stop learning. Especially learning about yourself and nature. So gift yourself by taking the free human needs test on my website and find out what actually motivates you, what innate human need is driving all of your decisions and your behavior. And if you feel you are ready to improve your self-awareness, social awareness, self-management and relationship management even further, do check out my Master of Life Awareness program. The links are in the description below. Thank you. Love and respect.